Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Praise the Lord, everyone. So good to see each of you in the house of the Lord today. To our visitors, thank you so much for coming. You're always welcome at Abundant Life. And want to remind you that after service, one of our pastors would be glad to meet with you for a few minutes and have some coffee and maybe a little dessert. And you could ask any questions you have or uh, we could get to know you just a little better. So I hope you'll consider that invitation. Luke chapter 1. And it is the Christmas season now and this is the Christmas cast. And our cast members for today are going to be Joseph and Mary. Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and shalt bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated. your baby boy would one day walk on water Mary did you know that your baby boy would save your sons and daughters did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new and this child that you would soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would give sight to the blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would calm the storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where And when you kiss your little baby, you've kissed the face of God. The blind will see. 
your baby boy was Lord of all creation. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy was heaven's perfect land? And this sleeping child you're shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And then said Mary unto the angel how shall this be seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Mary, did you know? When you kissed your little baby, you kissed the face of God. The person that wrote that song had a revelation. They knew who he was. I don't know that Mary fully understood initially, but as she observed him over the years, she most certainly had to know who he was. But I want you to put yourself in this cast of characters today. I want you to be either a Mary or a Joseph and see it from their perspective. We believe that Mary was a teenager. We don't know exactly her age, but we believe she was very young and a teenager. She was a virgin. I, I'm, in a way, I'm glad that the younger children are gone today because I can speak very frankly to you about Mary and Joseph now. Mary kept herself a virgin, saving herself for her husband. And it not only calls her a virgin, it says she was espoused. And in case you don't know, I'm taking nothing for granted today. In case you don't know, espoused means engaged to be married. So there had already been a commitment made between Mary and Joseph. But sometimes that creates an even more dangerous situation. Because now we think that because we've made a commitment, we can enter into intimacy. But it was not so with Mary and with Joseph. Their plans had been made. It probably is true that they had a date set for their ceremony and their vows with the rabbi. Maybe they had a hall arranged. Maybe invitations had gone out. 
for months in advance of this special occasion that they had saved for. But it was not to be yet. But one day, an angel came to Mary and said, this is the time. I'm making a proposal to you that would cause lots of changes in your life. But I'm asking you to understand what God wants to do and how he wants to use you. When he spoke, the angel spoke to Mary. He said two things. Thou art highly favored of God. I don't know about you, but I want the favor of God in my life. If I can find God's favor, I'll never have to worry about God's blessing. Can somebody say amen? Because blessing always follows favor. If you have the favor of the king, you can ask what you will, and the king will grant it to you. If you don't have his favor, it's easy to say no to you. But I need the favor of God in my life. How can I do that? This is my opinion, and, and, and I'm just going to go out on a limb today. But I don't think anybody can deny the fact that one of the things that brought the favor to Mary was her virginity, her morality. What are other people doing? What's happening in the world today? If it feels good, do it. If you can't be with the one you love, then love the one you're with. Those are the sayings of the world, but it was not the case for Mary and for Joseph. They were going to wait for their special wedding day. They were going to keep themselves in favor with God and expect the blessings of God. But when this angel proposed all of this to Mary, he did not propose it to Joseph at the same time. It was Mary alone that appeared and said these things. I wonder what Mary thought. What would you think? Be Mary for a moment. This is what God is asking of you. All your dreams, all your plans, your wedding date, your hall, all those things we've already talked about. Are you willing to change that? Are you willing to change all of that? Waiting for your own child and accepting one from someone other than Joseph. What would that be like? And what will the people say when they find out that you're pregnant? All this time you've, you've kept yourself pure and, and people have looked up to you and, and you have a reputation You've been an example. You've, you've done well. You've not only gained the favor of God, you've gained the favor of men and women. See, I believe that when we are in God's perfect will, we not only are in favor with God, but in favor with men. Do you remember the man Jacob, who was known as the deceiver? Do you remember when he wrestled with that angel? Again, it was an angelic visitation that came to him and he wouldn't let that angel go except he blessed him. And the angel said unto him, what is your name? And he said, my name is Jacob. And he said, it will no longer 
be called Jacob. Your name shall be changed to Israel because you have power with God and with men. You have found God's favor and you will have men's favor as well. The two go hand in hand. But if you're pregnant and you're not married, well, you can't have the favor of God anymore. What would it be like? It would be difficult for her. But it didn't matter to her what other people thought. Come on now. It didn't matter what other people thought of her. It only mattered what God thought of her. She put God even above Joseph. She didn't consult with Joseph about this. She only told him enough to let him know that she was pregnant. And if we examine this carefully, we can take a look at Joseph from the book of Matthew. It appears that Luke tells it from Mary's perspective, but Matthew is the one that talks about it from Joseph's perspective. Let's go over to Matthew chapter one and verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, maybe he just heard about this hours before, gets ready to go to bed. And being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. Tomorrow, I'm gonna tell Mary that our relationship is over. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, and here's his purpose, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, behold a virgin shall be with child and bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And then Joseph being raised from his sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife this is my interpretation. When he found this out, when the angel of God, the messenger of God, explained what was happening, he said, okay. Just like Mary, all right. I don't have to understand it. I don't have to be a theologian. I don't have to like it. It's not a part of my plan. I thought that we'd have some time alone once we got married. But if we're to be married, and this is part of God's plan, then let's do it right now. Let's change all of our plans and get married right now. He took unto him his wife. And then another thing about Joseph, he knew not it says he knew her not till she brought forth her firstborn son and he called him 
Jesus. He continued in his morality. Hold, hold it just for a minute. <clears throat> there are temptations along the way in our lives. And sometimes we make mistakes. We do. Sometimes we fall into sin. We're not all maybe like Mary and Joseph were at this point in their life. There may be some sin in our lives, even sins of immorality. Now hear me out before you pass judgment on what I'm about to say. I don't think God is as much concerned about our sin as he is about our attitude after we recognize our sin. Because when we recognize our sin, what are we going to do next? What's next? Are we going to justify it? Or are we going to repent? Say, you know what, God? This is on me. I know this isn't right. I know what I've, and, and it can be anything. It can be immorality. It, it can be any sin you want to think of. What are you going to do next? What's your next step? Like we, like we talked about last week. What are you going to do now? So if you're sitting there today and you're saying, well, you know, I, I've, I don't know, it's hard for me to relate to Mary and Joseph. I mean, my wife and I were intimate before we got married and, you know, we didn't do things right and Maybe that's one of the things that even brought you to God. But see, that's because you were willing to acknowledge your sin and get it right. That's what God wants. He wants us to get it right. We can't change the past. But he came to save us. I thought that's what I read. He came to save us from our sins and all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I've sinned. You've sinned. Our sins might be different, but they're still sins. And when we see our sins, when, when God puts that mirror in front of our faces and says, hey, take a look at yourself and see what I see, and God reveals that to you, then you can be washed in the laver, so to speak. Because it reflected back the need of the priest to wash at the laver. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So Joseph says, let's get married right now. But until you have this baby that's promised by God, we will refrain. I'm not going to mix my seed with this seed of God. I will wait. I know those are pretty strong words, but I, I think you can handle it. I will wait. I'm not going to mess up God's plan. I'm willing. This is what I like about Joseph. I'm willing to change my plans because of what you are proposing. And thus, when we hear God's proposal, we discover our own purpose. 
When God's proposal, this is the title of my message today, when God's proposal becomes my purpose, becomes my purpose. And one more thing I want to talk about here concerning Mary and Joseph. If we go back to Luke just for a minute, go back over to Luke chapter 1 if you would. Now that they've both heard from an angel and they've both passed the test, so to speak, and it's been difficult, if you look, look at Luke 1, 38, look at the attitude of Mary. Behold, the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And then the angel departed from her. Lord, whatever you want. You know what a handmaid is? It's somebody that takes care of somebody else's needs. And their home. That's what they do. When you think of a maid, maybe you think of somebody that cleans motel rooms. When you think of a hand servant, maybe you think of somebody that will bring the food to your table and the drink that you desire. They are servants. And Mary is saying, the handmaid, whatever you want, whatever you say, Oh, I wish that there were more people in the world today that when they see God's will, when God comes to them, and, and it's usually not in an angelic form, but when he comes in the form of another human being, when he comes in the form of his word, and when the spirit and the word agree, and they have an opportunity to hear God's proposal, they discover their purpose. See, all of this was prophetic. And here's the amazing thing to me. The Jews professed to be very knowledgeable of the scripture, but they completely missed it. Completely. They wanted a Messiah. They wanted a king. But instead they got a servant. Instead they got somebody that was humble. Instead, they got somebody that was constantly ministering to other people's needs. And all the while opening up the scripture. And then, at the conclusion of his life, he lays down his life on a cross and dies for the sinful people that have rejected him, beaten him, betrayed him, and fled from him. And we say, how could you guys miss it? But we miss it. Do we know who Jesus is? Do we know his purpose for our life? Look at some of the scriptures here in Isaiah 7 and 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive, bear a son, and you will call his name Emmanuel. They, it was in their, their word. Emmanuel means God is with us. Up to this point, they've never seen God. But it was prophesied 
a virgin, somebody that had known no man, an impossible thing was going to happen. A virgin was going to have a baby. That's impossible. Try explaining that to your friends if you're Mary and Joseph. Mary, how did this happen? Well, let me tell you. It's a miracle. Yeah, right. Miracle. No, it happens all the time. You're just like everybody else. Don't portray yourself to be somebody you're not. You're not any greater than we are. You've fallen into sin. And how is it that we are so quick to point out the sins of others and never acknowledge the sins of ourselves? You want a perfect example of that? How about the woman that was taken in adultery? What do you say about this, Jesus? Caught in the very act. Well, he that is without sin, let him cast the first stone at her. Wow. You talk about a word of wisdom. You talk about defusing a situation. Let's see, am I without sin? Wait a minute. No. And one by one, they begin to back away because all have sinned. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Virgin conceives, bears a son. His name will be called God is with us. Isaiah 9 and 6, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name, every time you mention this name, which they didn't know, by the way, in the Old Testament, it had to be revealed by a messenger of God as an angel. His name shall be called, when you mention his name, the name of Jesus. Watch this. When I say wonderful, who do you think of? When I say counselor, when I say mighty God, when I say everlasting father, when I say prince of peace, who do you think of? Who's the one that fulfills all of those that I've just mentioned? His name is Jesus. And he's all of those things to you and to me. All of those things to you and to me. The Jews missed it. Do you and I miss it? I wonder today if in our pulpits and in our churches we are preaching more of the world than we are the word. I wonder if we're preaching current events rather than consistent miracles. And you know what? Here's the thing that scares me. I'm just being transparent with you today. The thing that scares me is that we can become almost lukewarm or indifferent to the miraculous. So? So what if another guy gets baptized? He's just a guy. 91 years old. 
Don't have time for that. I got Packers play at noon today. Got to get home for that. You stand at the waters of baptism to baptize somebody that, that has his eyes opened every bit as much as Saul did on the road to Damascus. He sees it. He wants to be baptized in Jesus' name. He makes that decision and God heals him of cancer, gives him a miracle, and we go. Another one? Well, that's nice. And, and they give him shots for years for his eyes because he, he can't see well. And at the same time that God heals him of cancer, he heals his eyes and the doctors say, well, you don't have to come back here anymore. What does, that, what does that do to the church? Isn't that supposed to be what it's all about? Isn't that why we came? Isn't a Sunday morning supposed to be a time where we bring everybody and anybody and every need and any need into the house of God and, and we believe for the miraculous and we believe for salvation and we believe that the Spirit of God brought him here and, and that when the preacher preaches, he's going to preach under the anointing and, and people are going to run to the altar and get a hold of God and we're going to be right there wrapping our arms around him. Isn't that what Sunday morning's all about? Isn't that what we're looking for? Because that's what the world's looking for. What, the world? Yes, the world. They're not satisfied. They're looking. And it's our job to help them find it. Can I say this to you? Many of God's greatest gifts come through human beings. Oh, no, Brother Kylie, you're wrong. Scripture says every good and perfect gift comes from above. Yeah, it comes from above, but it comes through people. God inspires it. God moves on people. Watch this, Luke 6 and 38. If I don't say this to you, I'm going to have a miserable day. So better you than me. <clears throat> we need your faithfulness and your generosity at Abundant Life. Do whatever God tells you to do and be faithful in your giving. That's enough. If God can't tell you more than that, well then I, I'm not gonna waste my breath either. Luke 6 and 38, Jesus said, give. And it will be given unto you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men, that means mankind, shall men give unto your bosom. 
For with the same measure that you meet or give, it shall be measured to you again. Thus we become the channels. Here's the, here's the real heart of this message that you gotta get. We become the channels by which the world can view, can hear, and receive Jesus Christ. We're the channels. I wanna make sure you understand that. Some of you are gonna go home and watch Channel 6, Fox, and the Packer game. That's a channel, okay, by which you will view a football game. I don't have a problem with football, but I'm, I'm just making a point. You can listen to the radio, 620 on your radio dial is WTMJ for news and information. That's a channel if you need information. But we are the channels through which the world can view what God is doing, what God is saying. And we are the channels that can give to people. We can give financially, we can give spiritually, we can give of our, uh, of our knowledge of the scripture, we can give of our testimony. They need our channels. They need it to view it, to hear it, and to receive it. So here's the real question today. Will we accept, as Mary and Joseph did, the proposal of God so that we can find our purpose. Let me give you a few examples in conclusion today. John 3 and 16, one of our favorite verses of scripture. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Isn't that encouraging? What a great giver God is. Listen to this proposal. Matthew 11 and 28. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's an invitation. How about this proposal? John 7 and 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. For he that believeth on me as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. What does that mean? He was speaking of the spirit which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. It's a proposal. It's an invitation. How about this? gift from God. John 4 and 9. 
the woman at the well. The woman of Samaria said unto him, How is it thou being a Jew, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? The Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus said unto her, listen carefully to how he words this. If you knew the gift of God, and if you knew who was saying it to you, give me to drink, then you would have asked of him, and he would have given you living water. You don't know who I am, and you don't know the gift that I'd like to give you. Now watch how this all ties together beautifully in Acts chapter 2. Let me tie this message together and put a bow on it, okay? Here it is. Acts 2 and 36. Let all the house of Israel know assuredly. I want to make sure you understand what I am about to say to you. It's the strongest way you can say it. God hath made that same Jesus whom you crucified. That's pretty prickly. Both Lord and Christ. Do you understand what he just said here? Lord has to do with authority. Christ has to do with anointing. Jesus is Lord. He is Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the King of Kings. He's all of those things. You need to know that. That's the first thing. Now when they heard this, see, they recognized their sin. They don't make excuses for it. They don't blame everybody else. They were pricked. That's what, that's the goodness of God. Oh boy, I gotta preach this. That's what the goodness of God is all about. It draws you to repentance. It gets you to acknowledge that what you're doing is wrong and encourages you to turn around and do what is right. And then God has the ability, if you will take that step of repentance, he has the ability to wash your past and fill your future with his spirit. That's why we have being born of the water and being born of the spirit as a necessity. Because we all need our past washed away. And we all can't live for God without his spirit. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So when they heard this, there was a pricking of their heart. And they said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, well, we're convicted, now what? What shall we do? Peter said, act on the pricking of your heart and repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the what? That's what we're talking about here in this entire message. We're talking about the gift. The gift. If you knew the gift of God, Jesus said, 
you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, but you need to know who he is. You need to know what he wants, and you need to know that he's willing to give. You need those things. And if you do, it would be easy for you during this Christmas season to give a gift exchange with Jesus. I ask, Lord, for your will and your purpose and your spirit and your mercy and your grace. And in return, I am the handmaid. I'll do whatever you say. And we won't put this marriage thing off. We'll get married today. Because today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. Someday I'm going to get married to Jesus. Someday I'm really going to give my life to him. I've been to six funerals in two weeks. No man knoweth the hour. And I'm not even talking about the rapture. You are one breath from eternity. And here, God's got all these wonderful, that's why I'm, I'm a little hard on Santa. I'm sorry about that, folks. I believe these gifts come from God through people. Thank God for, for parents and grandparents and people that love one another and, and are willing to be so generous and to give, but somebody gave to them. You ought to thank God for your employers. Try buying gifts without money. You ought to thank God for your job. You ought to thank God for the gift of a home, a place to live. I don't know of anybody that's going to sleep in the cold tonight. If you are, come and see me after service. These are gifts. Let's stand together. Why don't we just do a little thanking right now? Would that be okay? Why don't we just lift our hands and do a little thanking? Thanking God for his many gifts. Hallelujah. Oh, God, thank you for the gift of mercy. Thank you for the gift of repentance. Thank you for the gift of your life on a cross. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your provision, your salvation, your protection. Thank you for a purpose and a reason for living. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the family of God. Thank you for the five-fold ministry. Thank you for parents and grandparents, friends. Thank you for my job. Lord, everything that I have, I have because you've blessed me. I want to thank you. And in exchange, God, knowing whom I am, I put myself on the altar. 
I'm sorry I failed so many times, but I'm going to keep trying, Lord. I'm going to keep getting back up. Thank you for your mercy. You gave your life for me, Lord. Now I give my life to you. That's my exchange for Christmas this year. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.